the Val Drift was what went from mid middle age or uh, sorry mid mid age English English like Chaucer <clears throat> to modern English. That, so you, that was when the Val Drift happened. Are you saying that that Cockney accent, Croggy Governor? That's Are you saying that that accent is fake, or is like it is is like they decided that oh we're gonna steer away from the American the Pleasant Grove accent? No, oh. I, I, what I'm saying is is that over centuries languages drift and they drift both ways. Americans have Are drifted you too. Okay, kidding me. And we've had a lot of influence from like German. And, uh, you know, other things going on. But, All right, Governor, step in time. But you're right. We've kept some stuff that, like uh, British English, Wait, I think they, I they drop R's a lot. And and we don't anymore. That is something that they did. That yeah. that became fashionable after we uh, left We and we were keeping R's. Did I say crikey Except, for an English accent? Yes, you did. <laughs> you Dang did. it. Threw another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> That's English, right? Uh... <laughs> Sure, yeah. 7.50. Okay, so uh, should we get started, guys? Welcome to another episode of Mom, I Joined a Cult, the only podcast about cults by an actual cult. Listen as we examine other cults, discuss what they did right and what they did wrong, and then build our own cult from the ground up. And now your hosts, Gunner, Dawn, Thor, and Nathan. What are we talking about tonight? I think today we are talking about... We are talking about... Oh my heck! This is our second. This yeah. is our second episode of why I joined a cult, or why would you join a cult, or why people join a cult? And we have with us one of our favorite non-members, hopefully soon to be members, uh, and very recent graduates, Ammon. But let me tell you, not only is he one of our favorite people, but he also happens to be a relative which means he has to be one of our favorite people. Anyway, Ammon, do you want to talk a little bit more about yourself and just, you know, ham it up a bit for us? Well, I just got a master's degree in social work. I have a a basic understanding of the human psychology or the human psyche. Do they teach about cults in psychology? Well, I would say in a cult, uh, in a psychology program, Mm -hmm. they probably would cover those kinds of thinking errors or... um, kind of authoritarian control patterns and and things like that. In social work, my degree was more of a generalist degree. I have an undergrad in psychology, and I'm looking towards a future career in clinical therapy. So you'll probably be running into some of this. I'm sure I will. It feels like Utah is a hotbed for cults. Am I wrong in thinking this? But I just like more and more cults are popping up. Left and right. I think right now is kind of a golden age for cults. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, you have the internet and yeah. this communication that if you grew up in a town 50 years ago, and let's say it's just someplace in Arizona, you may have one person in the county or four or five people in the state that have some of your same interests. But now when you're connected through the internet, you can you go on a Reddit forum and you type in, okay, I'm, 
you, in whatever interest you have, you're going to find people from not only the your state and county and city, but all over the world who have similar beliefs. And so that echo chamber that kind of is, is a makes it a hotbed for cult behavior and ideology is is present. So if you believe in polygamy or you believe in some some specific thing, you can find a thousand people who believe the same thing. Cult worship. It's a, a drive for human connection, mm-hmm. right? And if you can find that one thing maybe you share in common, you show up to this farm or wherever you're going, and then the human connection starts to drive the control, essentially. Mm -hmm. One of the first things we talked about on our podcast is we asked, what is a cult? I would like to get your definition of what a cult is. Is it kind of like pornography? You know, I know it when I see it kind of thing? Or is it, do you actually have a real definition? I would say there's a real definition. There are specific things you could label a cult with. One thing I refer to is the bite model. Steve Hassan came up with a, the bite model, which has very specific traits that are excellent identifiers of a cult. Um, it's very in-depth. He's done a lot of research on the subject. It, is it like on a scale? And so if you hit above a certain number, then it's labeled a cult? Well, what's funny about his organization is that they, they're unwilling to label any organizations as a cult, mm-hmm. but he's willing to point out the mm-hmm. identifiers. Right. Uh, so the higher you up on it, the more likely you are to be a cult. Probably. Yeah. But he'll never well, come out and then, say, this is the number. So yeah. At so 43, you are a cult. So isn't yes. the full name of the, the model, the uh, bite model of authoritarian control? Yes, that is what it's referred to as. And what, what does that uh, acronym stand for? Let's see here. The two smart guys. BITE is an acronym. The B stands for behavior. The I is for information. The T is for thought control. And the last one is emotional control. What are some of the uh, questions that you would categorize an organization under those categories? So in behavior control, the type of clothing and hairstyles you're allowed to have. So they did that in... We're just, we're just going to refer yeah. back to some of the cults. Mm-hmm. Um, Heaven's Gate, mm-hmm. because they all had to have the same haircut, mm-hmm. the same clothing. Same Did they have to have it, yeah. or did they all just choose to? Well, it's. It, I think it started off when Doe was there, when the when the mm-hmm. like, she was the leader at first. I think she made it like, oh, if you want to do this, and she had short hair and very unisex. But it got to be a rule when Marshall Applewhite was in charge. And when they died, I think they were so fully invested. I mean, they had the same sneakers, the same amount of money in their pocket when they, like the same track pants and everything, the same Mm -hmm. purple veil that covered their heads. So yeah, obviously that's not the only indicator. That's one of of many. One of many. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there are Mm -hmm. a couple dozen. Mm -hmm. There's plenty more. Discouraging individualism. Encouraging groupthink. Yeah, that was in in that that one too. So, in all of them. In all of them so yeah. I think the Boy Scouts of America sounds like a cult to me so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, well, uniform by those two identifiers. <laughs> oh, yeah, <yes. laughs> they 
Groupthink. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by groupthink? A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, obedient cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. I have, have never memorize... met a scout like this, okay? <laughs> I have Gunner, never. You guys were all do... scouts, and I don't remember you being like this. We all. had to memorize. Trustworthy? <laughs> Hell no. Gunner, do Honest? a good turn daily. <laughs> What's your favorite question? My favorite? <laughs> or just throw one out there. Just information control is, is a huge, yeah. huge one, yeah. which is so funny to me, too, because we live in the information age. Mm. This is supposed to be the age in which we have access to all of the information, the correct information. And yet mm-hmm. we don't. And we can see that by our politics. We can see that in multiple areas. The disenfranchising of everyone that points them out is like the... Um, oh, if your if your family or if anybody tells you that this is a bad thing for you, then they are bad for you, and and yeah. get them out. You know, then you need to leave them by the wayside. That's information control, like George Washington, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. He lied through Come his on. wooden teeth. <laughs> his, I heard that a lot of his teeth were actually. From slaves. Yeah, I have heard that too. He gave a mush afterwards. <laughs> there it is. Cut. Please cut that out. I'm totally making a joke. Uh, he did free his slaves. I, I at at his death. You know what? Which I would is give pretty up progressive to be free. Yeah, no. I, I would too. <laughs> um, Anyone who wants to be like, free, we gotta we gotta think about the time it. period of what was going on. It's like he was very progressive. Like and, honestly, uh, you can't sure you can't good. have them live up to the standards of what we have today because. What we have as far as our uh, philosophy on uh, what's moral is completely different from uh, most any other time in history. You can't judge other people by our our philosophies and and our elevated standards. Yes, or (laughs) maybe in 20 years from now, they'll be laughing at us and say, what were they thinking? You guys, we totally got off topic. So (laughs) is there anything more you want to say about the... The bite model. The bite model here. You know, it's evidence-based research. It's very thorough. Are most cults, uh, is there a study, a bite model study done on them? He obviously did study cult members to to gain his mm-hmm. his research information. But um, he was a cult member as well. Was he? Yeah, he was. He was he a was. cult member. And he then was. his he family was... He was a member was, of the Moonies. The Moonies, right. yeah. His, mm-hmm. he was tr- his family was trying to get him out. Uh, yeah. But we'll cover this on a different yeah, one. So. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to know it, how the nice cult uh, scores. Stacks yeah. up I on their I want to do that. You we, guys should go through it yeah. on your own and then report back. Okay, let's do that. Okay. So I, I wanted to mention before we stray from this subject that I've done a bite model comparison of the cult that I was part of. Do you Out of a... 50 questions, some of them are multi-part questions, which add up to a lot more, but it scored 46 out of 50. That's pretty culty. really culty. <laughs> that is, wow. There's a high level of concern with certain questions, like do they ask you to murder? But in general, um, if you answer yes to like more than half of them, then it's it's pretty concerning. I wonder dangerous what dangerous if it's over 40. I wonder what the US military would score on that because that would be a big fat yes. So, mm. you have an authoritarian leader who is charismatic. You do not you question have uniform. Them. You are the asked same to kill. haircut. Mm-hmm. Asked yeah. Group think definitely. I mean you have to. I mean that's Government what basic trait. cult right there. Well, it, it has the 
the the marks of it definitely it's necessary for what they yeah do. we're we're not we're not ripping on the military yeah. of course i mean it's uh, probably we're pretty saying, pretty dang necessary it has yeah. been in the past because <laughs> you don't just hand someone like willy-nilly a gun that you haven't said this is how we need to operate <laughs> yeah it causes yeah. problems yeah no you have to have uh, a little bit of a group think uh, brainwashing yeah. uh because people have to follow orders in there you, it's you know not only for their life but for everyone else's does the bite model differentiate between a cult and a religion sort of i mean i i think you could use the bite model on anything mm-hmm. like military mm-hmm. yeah too it's a, that is a great example of something that hits a lot of those markers i think you could use it on a religion to kind of gauge how intense the religion is like the involvement level mm-hmm. so i could i i could see somebody using it I wonder how, like, the Catholic Church would score in that or, well, you know, some, other religions. Well, there's some pretty extreme uh, questions, like, do they manipulate or deprive you of sleep? Do they exploit your finances? Or are you dependent on them for finances? That's the missionary training center. Do they restrict <laughs> your leisure time and your entertainment, your vacation time? Mm-hmm. Those kind of, like, high high-end control scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Catholic Church would, like just being a, a standard member, I don't think it would, would score very high on it. I think being being a, like a clergyman, it might. And it been, might not e- even be as high as you think. Like, sure, they wear the same things and they do that, but... I'm know. sure there's some stuff in sexual practices and being a priest, not being able to have sex... Uh, would probably oh, okay. get you a good score, but no, I agree with you. I mean, for the the regular Catholic, go to church on Easter and Christmas. Okay, Standard. the lackadaisical Catholic, not the regular. We'll Catholic. say that. Uh, <laughs> the, then, yeah, it's it's it probably wouldn't score very high at all. Even at all. even becoming a priest, you know what you're getting into. There's no hidden. It's oh, not guess hidden. What, it's not guys. like oh, and it's no, no like oh, we we don't do that. No, nothing like that's going on. It's no, no hiding of anything. So the hiding of the information. Well, well, I'm doing air quotes here. The hiding of information of what they do isn't there. That's a good point, uh, Gunner. And I'm not sure if the bite model references this, but the the slow, steady progression, right? In the circumstances you were talking about, being a priest, there's no slow, steady progression of hiding information and stuff. It's open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's That's not at good. all like Scientology, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to uh, why people want to join a cult or why do they get sucked into a cult? What's the attraction? Why do we crave that kind of... Uh, that feeling, that movement, moving toward that? I would say everything stems back to connection. Mm -hmm. We are mammals. We are herd creatures. And there's just so many of us that are alone. That helps sustain the cult behaviors, even when there's contrary evidence or things that maybe someone doesn't agree with. So having good connections would be a, a good thing f- as far as being able to stay away from cults. That's what you're saying. I think there are some more skills that you could have on top of that to help, such as having clear visions and goals in your life. Critical having, thinking. Yep, critical thinking skills, control over your direction in life. A lot of people like to give that up. Psychologically, it's easier to cope with. 
people who have too many choices or too many options, they get overwhelmed, makes them unhappy, actually. Yeah, I've read that. So people who the people who are in danger of joining a cult are people who are like in a new circumstance, like are in a new city or they're just gotten divorced or they're they moved or they they're friends have have left or they're just started school they're looking for something yeah. different yeah. Yes. and so yeah. it's like those those people who ha- don't have a connection anymore have lost a connection or seeking mm-hmm. out that so i think mm-hmm. that yeah. what you're saying rings rings true for me i always want to know like where can i go for a good source for checking myself how can i check myself i know some critical thinkers that are dabbling in very cultish groups, we'll say that. I think one of the problems is we as humans think we think logically, and we really don't. We don't. We don't. Uh, So critical thinking can be really hard sometimes. I think critical thinking, it's the ability to analyze your own biases and to create insight within yourself if you're unable to examine those biases you have, like how often I make decisions based off my emotions rather than adding a bit of logic in there. A lot. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I know your personality type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What yes. personality type, right? I'm an ENFP. I'm an extroverted idealist. You, you're the champion. same as my... No, yeah, my father. Yep, he's exactly the same. So, what what personality type? We've heard Eric give his opinion, but what do you think? What personality type is most likely to be a cult follower? I would say guardians. Dang it! And (laughs) idealists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's all of us. Uh, No, No. I would say (laughs) no. He's an artisan. I are no. I'd say artisans and idealists. Well, all of them may be leaders more. Yes, artisans actually have a tendency to be very, very good, charismatic, influential leaders in a lot of different situations. So you'd find a lot of artisans being cult leaders. I was thinking about this since our last episode, and I think that cults might be one place where idealists might be a, a leader. Idealists don't typically like to be leaders. They don't typically like to be in charge. But I think that this is one place where they can shine. You know? Yeah, well, they want to. They want a mission that they can believe in. Mm-hmm. They want to fight for the cause. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're so. values based. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of cults uh, leaders actually believe the vision that they're putting out, and I can I can see how an uh, extroverted idealist could get sucked into that. Okay, which one of us do you think <laughs> is worse likely to be a cult no, no, leader? No, who would be the leader? So who would be the leader? Who would be the follower? Who would be the second in command? Who would be who would be the zealot? Who would be the colonel? <laughs> who would be the joker? Who would be the joker, the slave? Who would be the 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 yeah the punching bag, you know. <laughs> now we're getting too real. Now we're yeah. getting too <laughs> real. Too deep. So from a standpoint, psychology standpoint, if you have someone who's involved in the cult, how do you get them out of it? If it's not a nice cult. 
If it's yeah, if it's, it's not, not the nice, nice cold one. Theoretically, I think there would be a lot of trauma you would have to mm -hmm. deal with, but you'd have to make sure that you could unpack the trauma in a healthy way. So they'd have to be at some stage of change, right? The stages of change. You've got, you know, thinking about it, moving forward to action, and you'd have to identify the stage of change they were in to see if they were ready. Because if you come on too harshly, they're going to retract and run away. They're not going to mm -hmm. trust you. But you'd have to start by figuring out if they're ready for it. You can't just say, you are so misguided. You're such an idiot. How could you believe those things? Yeah, no. You can't do that? That would not help. Oh. No. Don, with your experience, would you have been, when you were in that situation, convinced by logic? Depends on how it was presented. The way I ultimately let go was conducting my own experiments and watching the results. So if somebody had come to me and said, what do you think about, you know, this this thing that they told you was true this whole time? Let, let's, let's take, for example, they said that black people were the seed of Cain. So somebody could have said to me, the distribution of, of people of different colors of skin on the earth tends to be darker skin closer to the equator uniformly and lighter skin further away. Uh, I, I thought the, the best one would be going after that he's Christ. I... Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the, the, there are a lot of examples, you know, right? He would say, if the Spirit has ever revealed anything to you that indicates that this is true, and you, and you do anything to turn against that light, then the Spirit will abandon you, and you will feel its, its absence. What I had to learn for myself was, I, the absence I was feeling wasn't the awful feeling of the Holy Ghost leaving, it was cognitive dissonance in its purest form. And that took a lot of discovering on my own. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the big things that woke me up. So you kind of deprogrammed yourself. I, yeah, I had to. I didn't have a lot of, a lot of help. Um, I mean, I, I left the group. That was the biggest thing, of course. I mean, leaving their influence and not being subject to totalitarian system um, where they controlled my thoughts, they controlled my time, they controlled my substance, my emotions, everything. Being out of that group enabled me to find my own answers. Are you still deprogramming? Well, I have to say every once in a while... Um, if I, I feel like if I do something to speak out against the cult, much like I'm doing now, that I something subconsciously says, you know, you're going to be damned or you're going to be cursed by doing that. The angels will, will exact retribution on you for, for fighting against the work of God, you know. And, but logically, I'm like, no. I remember when you were speaking out against a nice cult. Um, and <laughs> I felt I felt the angels withdraw. So we'll, when we were talking with with Eric, we brought up, or he he started saying, you know, the whole thing about you know noticing the spirit, noticing all those things. I tend to shy away from those type of things. Do you have a source of where we can go to? And this maybe I was getting to earlier is, but is there a source where we can go to? 
what if what I'm thinking and feeling is it's like, okay, I'm thinking critically about this, or I'm thinking spiritually about this, and my feelings are telling me this is the right thing to do, and it turns out it's the the thing that I'm feeling is like to murder someone. Okay, I'm going all the way extreme on this just mm-hmm. to kind of give you the example. Is there something to check? Is this a valid feeling? I want to answer that question. You're wrong. No. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm wrong. I, I think, no. I, uh, one of the things that I think that Eric talked about, and the same thing is to do with your critical, is you just have to, you have to keep on reexamining your choices, especially as you, as different things come to light, you can't be set in stone. And, and if it's a good idea, you're going to keep on, com- it's going to keep on coming up mm-hmm. as good. And if it isn't, and you get new data and stuff like that, then you should be that you can figure out uh, what's going on. I think another way to do is, is to just take a look at the norms of society. And in general, I don't want to say this because I don't believe in quite a few of the norms of society, but in general, the norms of society aren't going to steer you, steer you too far wrong. So if you are completely outside the norms of society, like if you're peculiar people, if you are peculiar people, you need to really examine, uh, examine, and make sure you're going the right way. That that's what I think. Yeah, if you're in a cult, then you, the only norms you have to measure it against are the cult. So. <laughs> if it's against the law. It's typically a bad thing. That is one of the norms of society. Like you probably shouldn't be doing. It. I know marijuana is like it's not the worst thing on earth probably better for you than alcohol but if it's against the law where you're at it's probably best just not to do it and i have some edibles by the way guys you ready (laughs) so in the sauna in the sauna what uh what would you say the other night i was listening to the people who were i believed in jonestown guy james jamestown and they were giving kind of like their testimony in church and one of them was saying that i was doing all these drugs as a youth and then when i started with this cult when he didn't say cult when i started going to the services here and that's when i realized that i was going down the wrong path and gave the testimony was was crying a little bit she felt she really was having kind of a spiritual experience and mm-hmm. and which was a totally valid thing to feel but obviously was a cult so i mean a cult we demonize them in a lot of ways but you know there's some good influences there as well a lot of what you're referring to the bell curve right if you're somewhere where everybody else is that's more normal than abnormal but I think a good indicator from a psychological perspective and on an individual level, like if someone was coming to see me, it's the dysfunction, right? Is, you know, we have a neighbor who is mowing his lawn at 10 p.m. and pulling out the leaf blower. And I mean, he pulls out the leaf blower 10 times a day to clean his driveway. I could define that as obsessive compulsive disorder, but is it causing him any dysfunction in his life? If it's not a problem for him or his family, maintaining a job, living a healthy, happy life, who's to say it's not normal? It sounds like you're endorsing the nice cult right now. (laughs) Guys, just just so I know. 
everyone. Yeah. We, we have our first. Social we work. have our first master doctor or yeah. masters. The masters. masters. We can call him doctor. We can call him doctor. <laughs> I mean, if if Doctor Phil can do it, yeah. then Doctor Ammon can sure. do it too. Sure. There's plenty of there's plenty of cult leaders that will give themselves doctor. No. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I, I just wanted to before we stray um, address the subject of of feeling. What feels right? A lot of people determine what their epiphany is by what you know for everybody by what feels right for them and i just want to say that one of the things i learned was what you feel is right it's subjective people who've grown up in a society where they they butcher goats uh, on the altar that feels right to them in our culture not so much so what feels right for you depends on your past experience in a lot of cases. And you glean your reflexes, your intuition from what has worked for you. And a lot of people who have very strong feelings for what will work for everybody can only really speak for themselves and they can only project what they have felt as a result of their um their their instincts gleaned from their own feelings. You can't just be led around by what feels right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's oh, that's what we're saying. Got yeah, it. That, that, that's what we're saying. <laughs> Got it. That, that, let your let logic rule. Don't let your feelings rule. It, some well, people think, I, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. It's not as easy. I, I, I don't know. It's like that's hard that because at least question or or tr- or what, what was what's the term? Trust the question. Reevaluate. Reevaluate. Don't don't most cults and a lot of religions say you shouldn't question? Like don't don't question. Just don't listen to the detractors. Don't look the stuff up that's anti whatever religion you're you're you believe in, uh, uh, or whatever cult you're in. Uh, on a website because they're just going to lead you astray. And those are the devil's messages. I mean, a lot of Mm -hmm. if you look at a lot of cults, they they have the same, and religions have the same kind of of uh, philosophy. Is don't question. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say they push for that side of reasoning skills. Yeah. Is the emotion. And then if you if someone is questioning that, or if a family member is questioning but, that, then but every organization will do that. I mean, have we done that? Yes, I think we have. Have we said do not listen to. Uh, What's 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 our bad guy's name? Oh. Garrison Ford. Garrison Ford. You're right. You're we, right. And, and if we haven't, we need to say it right now. You please do not listen to Garrison Ford. Yeah. He, Garrison he Ford. is in the wrong. Garrison <laughs> Ford is is there to destroy, to tear you down. <laughs> he's he's there behind every doubt that you have. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you wonder, you he, get up in the morning and you're you're grumpy. Yeah, you're grumpy. Things are bad. It's usually Garrison Ford there mm-hmm. trying to make you not believe. He sheds yeah. unhappiness <laughs> and yeah. anger like Tinkerbell sheds pixie dust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, he, yeah. he does. And He's horrible. Like and instead dust, of flying, you go you down. down. Yeah. yeah, it's the opposite. The good, the bad, and the culty. And now we discuss what this week's cult did right and where they went wrong. What were the bad things we talked about in a cult? Well, we were talking about how much control a cult can have over your life. And so bad cults will definitely do that. 
And so the good thing about the nice cult is there's not a lot of beliefs that interfere with your normal life. I, I think we also talked about feelings. It's, it's interesting how we say, don't just go off of feelings. I think feelings are too powerful. We can't say that. Uh, yeah. I mean, although they can be a bad thing and they cause a lot of problems, they also cause they also cause babies. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I mean, but the the ones that drew you to your partner, was it really fated? Yeah. Or do you just have a chemistry? <laughs> so, I think did we say don't rely? Because that kind of I think no. the feelings goes in. Mm-hmm. We didn't no. say that. You you should rely on feelings, just Dang like it. you should rely on logic. If yeah. I, if I may. Yeah, please a do. Principle mm-hmm. I like to refer to as the wise mind. It's the com- it's the correct combination of emotions and reasoning, right? Because you can't have empathy if you don't have emotions, mm-hmm. right? You're going to yeah. be a narcissistic uh, mm-hmm. person. Um, you forgot the asshole part. Yeah. Of so no, I wanted to add it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, we we're PG we thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So you can add. The, you can say that word. Yeah, we have not said the we, F. Word if we yet. say it three times, we're explicit. Yeah. So don't. Okay. So don't don't, don't say it three times. No, that's the F word, right? No, 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 you say F word once, right? We're explicit. No, we can't say that at all in our podcast. Uh, yeah, well, that would be explicit. Thor doesn't want us to. No, nope. really. But we to. can say some. <laughs> why, why don't you say uh, no. the Utah equivalent? Flippin'? <laughs> Both of those? I don't Something know. like I that. I don't use yes. those ones. I'd rather. Effing? Effing. That's the that's the current one. Okay, so no, Adam, Sorry. please continue. <laughs> oh yeah, so the the wise mind you have mm-hmm. you have to have both um, mm-hmm. to really make important decisions. I think you a lot of people have a tendency to jump to one boat or the other. Um, like we're kind of seeing here, right? A little mm-hmm. bit. I think we're kind of there's a little heavy reliance on the logic, mm-hmm. which I think is extremely important. Again. Empathy is a, is a great mm-hmm. example of how emotions are very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess my response, being as strong as it was, was a reaction to my own feelings betraying me, right? And not wanting to experience that betrayal again by, you know, siding with extreme prejudice toward logic and not feelings, but Ammon's right. There does have to be a balance. Mm-hmm. There does. So, I is agree. there a goal? Is there? So, cults get a bad rap. Are there good things about cults? Oh, so we're on the good. I, uh, I, I okay. So, as here as a child, uh, I mean, raising children, you have to have rules. Otherwise, children are not happy. They they have to have something they can kind of lean against. As adults, we need to have rules as well. And sometimes. Uh, being in a cult or being in an environment where there's a lot of good structure can be very helpful to people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like you were saying where that person was, it was clearly she was in a cult, but it did she help her. Was, it, she was getting her get a good, ex- she was she was having it's, a good experience from it. Yeah. yeah. So cults can be good, but it's when they start to... Reason. Yeah, when cause they start dysfunction. cause dysfunction, what Ammon was saying, that's when they become bad, and that's when um, you should join the nice cult instead. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it, and that's probably one of the indicators between, I'd say, between like a cult and a religion is uh, how much dysfunction 
are you uh, getting with with that the particular organization? Uh, you should be able to get that same structure with a normal religion, uh, <laughs> with, without the "here's Kool Aid" <laughs> kind of mentality. All right, so I heard this. You guys, I want to hear your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I heard that a cult. So someone was talking about the difference between a cult and a religion, and they said a cult is you know, has the charismatic leader and a belief system and makes you question the normal societal norms and and all the things that we talked about. But a religion is just the same thing, but the leader has died. (laughs) 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 So while the, while, while the, while the charismatic leader is in charge and on earth and, and directing the church, that's they're in a cult and then when that goes on and gains popularity and the guy died and it stayed it it functioned afterward then it became a religion are you saying that scientology is not a is not a cult anymore it's now a religion so they're on their second leader Mm -hmm. david meskovich but what you're really saying is that the nice cult is not a cult anymore because ronaldo is gone we no Ronaldo's still with us <laughs> because because there's because he was he is a fictional character he does not have a death certificate so yeah. you guys what do you what do you think about that is that a good definition I, it's, I think it's fairly good if you think about like the Catholic Church I don't know that you would call Christ the uh, you know the cult leader but maybe like Peter or something like that and as it got older like Constantine kind of adopted all of these other traditions to placate the people. And it made it more mainstream, made it more palatable. It was probably a lot harder before then. Yeah. But once he started sitting on a throne and wearing wizard clothes... (laughs) <laughs> and and funny hats. Uh, it became, that's, <laughs> I I like that Nathan, I do, but I think there is no simplistic explanation for what what is and isn't a cult. When it comes down to it, it's more like the pornography thing, you know, you know it when you see it kind of thing. And even then you have to do some more studying of it. I it, I don't think there's any yeah. like, how much studying I, of, I never of know, pornography like, are you doing? <laughs> no, what I every night. <laughs> I have to sometimes think, like, is this art or is it pornography? Let's take a look at it for a little bit longer. Look longer. And see. And maybe it I should invite like some other art. people over and yeah. get their opinion, yeah. too. Because I like to look at art with multiple people. Pornography by myself, but if it's art, we uh, party. No, I, yeah, I don't know. But I, I do like that. I think that's funny. That's, yeah. a, that's a good explanation. Mm-hmm. So. Building a cult. And now we take from what we learned this week and build our own cult, one belief at a time. What do we want to bring on? Try to score as low as we can on the bite model. While still being a cult. We still still want to be a cult. Well, I think we can still be a cult and score really low because I don't think we're going to score high. I think... I think we need to do that. I think our takeaway I, from this is we need to do the bite model yeah. on our... That is. Yeah. But I our, also think that we are cult model. because we say so. Just like mm-hmm. uh, you're, you know, you're like in Utah, yeah, if, if you're married, common law, if you say so, basically. So 
you know, we're a cult because we say we are. Yeah. And so. you listener, if you want to apply the bite model against any authoritarian system that you have in mind, look up Stephen Hassan bite model of authoritarian control or go to freedomofmind.com. If we can, we'll That's try right. and have the link for that. Mm-hmm. It sounds very culty. Freedomofmind.com. <laughs> it does. I, I think that we should amend the... We keep on saying that it's all up to your interpretation. Ronaldo's sayings and his things like that. I think that we need to be the ones to interpret them. I don't think that we should allow them. I think that we should pull that in under our cult. I've been thinking about this because what if someone like interprets this, oh, now I am the one that's in charge of the cult. What if we get some crazy person doing that? Who knows who's going to join our cult? We're pretty open. They could have a rival podcast. They could. And I don't think that I don't. I Sayings from Ronaldo that weren't spoken by it, Ronaldo. Exactly. And I don't think we should do it. So I think that we need to amend that and say that unless it's uh, unless it's the four founding fathers i think you can only receive revelation through a peep stone from ronaldo <laughs> so okay there we go the, the sacred no, magnifying glass because then, then i need to find one it's still like having a peep stone it's still someone could find a peep stone but if we say it's only the four founding members okay i think that we can we can say that are you guys the, okay with that uh, I, I, I guess I that hard is really what makes it a cult is yeah. when we ascribe to ourselves all power yeah you need to have a leadership yeah. come on and you can't more. just you can't democratize a like, cult it's, yeah. it's nice being nice but it's nice being bad too. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't we say for cult, but for individual people can still oh. have Ronaldo experiences? Okay, totally. they can have yeah. Ronaldo experiences, but as they write in, we will be the ones to interpret those experiences. <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can have an experience. You you can you can be you can interpret it for yourself you can be yeah, your own yourself. a prophet for your own right. no, for yourself that. and that your family that sounds better i don't know i don't like that okay. no it's no. too it's too bad you're no. going to be outvoted am on i that outvoted one. on this one okay. yes yeah. <laughs> what was yeah, your what are you proposing i'm proposing that anything coming from ronaldo has to come through us <laughs> you can give your experiences of what you <laughs> saw and, and what, we'll you, what you took from it and then we'll interpret here's what that really the, that is here's the issue i have to that that is that people call in all the time with their experiences from Ronaldo, and I don't want to like say that that didn't happen. Yeah, we get so many of those. No, You're I'm right. not saying that we they do. didn't see Ronaldo. That's great. They saw Ronaldo. I'm not saying that, but but as far as the message that Ronaldo is giving, like when we read from his personal writings, mm. we are the only ones that can interpret those. Yeah, not, I think not I, anyone fair. else. Like they can still have experiences in seeing him, but like you know when they when they all were at the bar and they had to, they stopped brought two and they said, "Oh, Ronaldo got us to have two mugs of beer now." Um, <laughs> we are the ones that will interpret what that means. <laughs> or that time he went to the bar and he said, "Okay, shots all around," but what he meant was everyone deserves a second shot. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Not that everyone or as many shots yeah. as yeah. they as they wanted. Uh, that, he, that he would provide those shots. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. I, okay. I'm. If we guys want to vote on you. this, I, 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 again, I, that's fair. Since there's okay. four of us, 
Yeah. We can we can always change it again if we have to. You're right. Yeah. So we will amend that. And we could do an amendment to the amendment. I like the amendment. that. I, well, In fact, I'm we could try that to do that every every week for a while. We can amend that if further. We say that's true unless Ronaldo reveals to you personally that it's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I don't want Ronaldo. Ronaldo does not reveal to anyone except through us. The problem is that Ronaldo has a sense of humor. Okay. Well, maybe that's us. All right. I, I think it should come from us, so I think right. I think that's good. So, okay, we, we, that'll be something it. something that you think our cult needs that we need to adopt? What are we faulting here? What are we lacking? Hmm. I think you just made a great improvement, actually. Yeah. All right. Okay, there good. it is. Ammon, we really like having I think you. Ammon yeah, that was good. Thank you. Yeah. That was Thanks nice. I feel like Ammon was inspired by Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that Ammon should be a member. I. It's kind of yeah. sad when we have a guest speaker slash uh, professional, you know, and he's not a member of the cult. Is he not that an honorary member bad. now? Well, think, we does he, is he wearing a shirt? I think is we he, need does to, he have a certificate? I think we can we do need, that. We we'll need to a give a shirt and a, and a certificate for each each person that comes on. Only the very strong ones travel this deep. Rutul, let's call the big one. Again, it is the legend. Inspirational sayings from the life and the teachings of Ronaldo DiCaprio. In, uh, what is it called? The Mythos of Me? You guys were saying it's the mythos, but it's the mythos. Yeah. You decide, yeah, the it's mythos of me. In there, he says, uh, some people say that that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. But I disagree. I'd rather have a possum. And so, anyway, I was thinking about that saying. Is It sounds kind of weird. It's like, why would he want a possum? But then I was thinking, you were talking about how he hasn't really left. And I was thinking, possums always play dead. That I think is what he taught. He he yeah. I think the possum was one of his favorite animals because of that. You the think he also dead. hangs from a tree by his tail. By his tail. I want everyone to go out tonight. Look, <laughs> <laughs> look in the trees around you and see, and see if there's someone hanging upside down. <laughs> It's either Ronaldo or Dracula. So <laughs> I think that he was also wise in that saying because if you think about it, okay, two birds in the a bird in the hand is worth two birds in the bush, but I'd rather have a possum. It's like a possum has more meat than mm. even that even two birds. Well, it depends on the bird. It could be I, ostriches. I, oh yeah. Bush. Well, I mean he's obviously a southern boy. Because he mentions possums. It's all about the possums too, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I've got one more. This is, again, from The Mythos in Me. And uh, this is on the chapter Naughty Notes. And he talks about, like, lying, stealing, stuff like that. This is what he says about stealing. He says, if you must steal, steal like an artist. Take what you want, trash it, turn it, shake it, make it yours. Sell it for twice its value. And if anyone calls you on it, deny, deny, deny. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So there it is. So if you must steal, steal like an artist. We hope you had fun with us as we explored this week's cult. Join our adventure next week as we continue to build our cult one belief at a time. Until then, if you're going to join a cult, join the nice cult. <laughs> Do 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 do
Nathan has forgotten that we were actually supposed to record today, and so we are going to talk about him behind his back as he scurries on over. Welcome to Secret Sessions in the Dark. (laughs) (laughs) Ignore those lights, folks. Before we get started on this, I want you to turn off the lights, close your eyes, maybe put a comforter on you, and listen to the sweet, sweet stories of our our dear brother, Nathan. Take it away, Lord. Okay, well, let me tell you about when I first met Nathan uh, was... When I was in ninth grade, I didn't have any friends. I, I still don't, actually. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of a loner. And my favorite friend was my, the librarian in junior high. And so I'm sitting here reading in the library. And this guy comes over and says, hey, is that what book? Is that a good book? Or, and I just kind of cold-shouldered him. I was like, I'm reading a book right now, and you're trying to talk to me. Get out of here. I didn't say that, but I made it plain to him. And that was the first time I met Nathan. <laughs> Did he just walk away? Yeah, he walked away. It's like, oh, okay. So uh, in 10th grade, there were a couple of classes that were there that I thought oh, that would be fun to do. One of them was debate because I had these aspirations of being a brilliant talker and speaker and using logic to confound my enemies, which never really happened. I was a horrible debater. But there was a guy there and uh, in the class, and he was... Uh, kind of interesting. We kind of hung out together a bit, and it was Nathan. And uh, Nathan was friends with another guy, and that guy owned a vehicle, a car. And that's kind of cool when you're in high school to have a friend with a car. So kind of a group of us got together from the debate uh, squad, the class, and we'd go around and we'd do things together. And one of the things we started doing was writing bad poetry. And what we'd do is we would have a piece of paper and someone would write a line and then we kind of pass around and everyone would write a line and usually the poems would go from bad to worse as people would throw in different ideas but occasionally there was a touch of brilliance involved. So we had this little club in the debate class and we called it the boys in the corner and we started writing uh, poetry and we started doing things together and to tell you the truth that was my first real group of friends. Um, so Finn came in the next year and Finn, my brother. So he came in along with some other guys and the boys in the corner just kind of fleshed out, uh, from there. And, and that's when we actually really started doing stuff. But we hung out all high school. We went to, uh, we all had our own pet little things. We did crazy. I was always fascinated about taking over a small Latin American country. And so I studied up on guerrilla warfare and insurgency tactics and stuff like that. And everyone had their own little thing and we get together and argue and it was a lot of fun. It was it was a very good my high school years were very good because of Nathan and some of my other friends. From there uh, we basically hung out together. We've always kept in contact uh, most of our lives. Now, the real reason why Nathan stuck around is Thor brought him over to our house for lunch. And there's plenty of lunch stories that they have, but comes in and there's my mom's doing a midwifery breastfeeding class where they're teaching they're teaching women how to breastfeed and they all have their tops down. 
Just what one teenage of them boy? <laughs> what, okay, just one of them. What teenage boy does not want to walk into that? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm coming back to this house. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's true. If Nathan, that's the reason why. But was Nathan there? Wonder. I I can't remember. I'd like to believe he was. Okay, uh, I don't know. My that that is a story my mom tells, and it grows larger and larger with each telling. Is it? Yes. Yeah. And I did say, ooh la la, show me more. Did you? Yes, but I did it on the way out. It was just okay. a joke, okay? Well, I know it was a joke. <laughs> ooh la la, show me more. <laughs> well, see, Nathan, in high school, he would always tell these crazy stories about his uncle. And he'd sit there and he'd... His uncle did crazy things up in Alaska, and he just told t- tall tale after tall tale. And I remember him once, he's saying, like, Thor, why? Why aren't you, like, questioning me about these stories? You know, how come... <laughs> how come How come you don't, like, call me on some of the stuff I'm telling about my uncle and other things like that? And I told him, Nathan, it doesn't matter that they're true or not. They're just funny stories. I don't care if they're true. <laughs> and he was all pissed off about that. He totally denies that story, by the way. Does he? Yeah, he totally denies it. So Nathan is actually the true founder of this cult. Yeah. Uh, he was the one that came up with this idea and sold us on it. I know from the podcast it sounds like Gunner's in charge. I, but <laughs> I, like, to, I like to take over. I like to take over. <laughs> and, and we welcome him taking over. But yeah, Nathan is the true brainchild of this. Mm-hmm. No, Nathan, I'm surprised that uh, Nathan and me are friends. No, really? Nathan mm-hmm. and I. Well, why, why not? You guys, he's 10 years older than me. Okay. Yeah, but he hang out. He he hung out. Wow, let me. Go I know, past but his. I was really annoying when I was a kid. Like I was, I was pretty annoying. No. Oh yeah, Thor. Thor's a sweet brother, but no, no. I, I was pretty annoying. Like I think back, and I'm like, yeah, that's an annoying kid. Maybe. So I, I'm just surprised. Yeah, no, you weren't that annoying. Oh, and I was. You grew into a, a fine fellow, as they say. So one. So, so oh, just a second. Someone's one time, coming. Nathan. Was start, he started to do this moonwalk thing? Oh, oh! And there's Nathan. All right. So Where I guess, you coming I guess the secret session is you? over. Yeah, the secret, <laughs> the secret session is over. We we can't talk about you behind your back without you turning <sighs> around. Just turn around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let you do penance. <laughs> All right, guys. How do you say that word for? What? How do you call this? La, I think it's French, not not Spanish. La croix. See? LaCroix. LaCroix. Have you seen... <laughs> Thor says the same way as me. LaCroixie. Or LaCroixie or LaCroix. Have La-Croix-y? you seen LaCroix, boy? Uh-uh. Okay. Are we really... Uh, is, is it any good? I, no. It's, it's... Well, I think it's the best out of these...